0: My name is Phoebe Dubar, also known as IKSRE. I'm a vocalist, viola player, music producer, certified practising sound healer and card-carrying audiophile who experiences the world through her ears. And over the coming weeks, we're going to dive deep into the topic closest to my heart, sound. What is it and why does it make us feel the way that it does? We'll speak to experts and I'll even treat you to a few sound healing practices along the way. Welcome to... What is sound? Recorded on the stolen lands of the Boonarong and Bunarong people of the Kulin Nation, always was, always will be. Before its incarnation, the soul is sound. It is for this reason that we love sound. Hazrat Inayat Khan. So today I have the absolute privilege of chatting with someone who I've been in awe of since starting my own sound healing journey. She started as a internationally renowned singer who spent years on Broadway and touring abroad. And now she's an educator, speaker, recording artist, a world authority on sound medicine and the power of alchemy crystal singing bowls and an all round shining light. Did I miss anything? <laughs> Would you please introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Gerilyn Glass, and I'm coming to you from Los Angeles, California.
0: Welcome. Welcome, Geraldine. Thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed. You're the number one person I thought of when I thought, who am I going to speak to about crystal bowls? And I just went, right, I'm going straight to the source. So I was so grateful that you said that. yes. So thank you very, very much. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. I know it's so much fun when you reach out just on a lark and then the door's open. Exactly. That's what happened with my my very first summit. Same thing. And it was like, oh, okay, this is supposed to be. So thanks for inviting me. Thank
0: you. So first of all, I would like to ask you a question that I ask all interviewees, uh, which is,
1: what is sound? Mm. Sound for me is is music. So I I can't, because sound can be just noise, sound can be abrasive, but sound for me is music. Sound can be vibration. I'll just keep coming back to it. Sound for me is, is music, and music is an expression of the human heart. So I have a... It's a very deep connection to music from the time I'm a little girl. I remember singing and knowing that that was the path my life was going to take. So music is that language that brings us together. It's the universal language. And that for me, when we talk about sound, I always think about healing sound or connecting sound or sound that's um, of the heart
0: amazing that is so beautiful and I definitely resonate with a lot of with all of that actually <laughs> absolutely it's it's so powerful so so powerful so I guess look where to begin I was wondering where I'd start this interview and I guess given that this will follow on from talking about uh, crystal balls in general I guess I'd love to start um with you breaking it down um to the absolute basics with the bowls. We'll come back around and talk about your journey in music and your personal journey and stuff. But I think to begin with, I'd really love for you to break it down for an absolute beginner, so someone who's never even heard of a crystal bowl who is looking at those beautiful things behind you and thinking what beautiful vases you have <laughs> or vases.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know my sister once asked me, she said, can I put a plant in there? <laughs> I was like, oh.
0: But I wouldn't. (laughs) My husband actually laughed and said, babe, imagine if something happened to us one day and someone just, you know, came into our house and inherited all your stuff. They'd just think that you had some really beautiful vases. So, do you have a big collection of crystal bowls? I wish I had that many alchemy bowls. I have four. I have quite a few okay. more quartz bowls, but I don't use them so much. One of my friends said, once you start using the alchemy bowls, you won't go, you won't want to use the quartz bowls anymore.
1: <laughs> They're still I still use them I'm, from I'm, some
0: time to time, but the alchemy bowls are just so special.
1: I never used them. So uh, when I did hear the white frosted ones, the classic uh, quartz bowls, yep. Um, and those were kind of came into being in the 1980s. I don't know if you know the story, mm-hmm. but that they were used in, in Silicon Valley in the computer world to mm-hmm. cook <laughs> computer chips. So and then they, it was discovered that they could make beautiful sounds and et cetera. So um, I never used them. So you I you bypassed I was them? I, I, the first singing bowl that I mean, I had used the. Um, Himalayan bowls for many years. As a singer, I I had a set of four of them and when I was traveling and concertizing Mm -hmm. and doing opera, et cetera, I'd I'd take them with me and I'd put them on my belly and I'd do my warm-up and my meditation before performances. So I knew the metal bowls and I loved them. And when I first heard the crystal bowls, I heard the alchemy bowls and that was about 16 years ago. And immediately it was just, it was a love affair. It was a, a completely different sound and the metal bowls as i said which i loved but this was like my it resonated with my soul that's the only way i can really mm-hmm. say it it was as if those sounds they were so pristine and especially at that time being in the world of classical music you know my ears were attuned to listening in a very precise way and when i heard those sounds it was like wow that's that's singing my soul there's something about that that's activating memories, feelings, um, it was so familiar. The sound of the alchemy bowls were so familiar to me. And then the more I began to learn that they were made of pure quartz and that quartz gets infused with either precious gemstones, precious metals like gold, um, earth substances like frankincense or charcoal or minerals of the earth like vanadium. Those are infused and the bowls are fired um, over 300, 3000 degrees and then they become alchemy, right? And then knowing that quartz is the great amplifier and transmitter and receiver, those alchemies get amplified when you play them, right? So it definitely is very different if I'm playing a C note that's a rose quartz or if I'm playing a C note that's a charcoal. It it has a whole different, you know, if if we're talking about on subtle levels and, you know, music, as I said at the beginning, music is, it's a subtle language. It can be very, you know, rhythmic and you, you know, you don't have to think about it, but there are subtleties in music that um, just, yeah, take us, take us far and away, take us deep inside, ground us, expand us. Um, So the bulls have... They're a modern instrument. So the Alchemy Bowls started in around the year 2000. Mm -hmm. So they've been 23 years. They're they're a new baby instrument. And that's what's so fun here at the Sacred Science of Sound and Crystal Cadence Sound Studio that we're exploring and pioneering a lot of things with the bowls themselves. Um, I was just talking with someone today who's working um, with prisoners, and and, um, we work a lot with cancer patients, hospice patients, veterans, children, children. there's just so many ways to implement sound and sound as this healing instrument oh, back to your first question. What is sound? Mm. You no, know, it's pure vibrations and those pure vibrations are love. They're love. That's it. <laughs> wow. So do you notice, I guess
0: something that just struck me then was when you're talking about playing a rose quartz C versus a, you know, a charcoal C bowl, um, do you notice, is it just an energetic difference between the bowls, or is it like an actual timbre difference as well too? Like there's like a difference in the actual timbre of the sound as well. It's
1: such a good question, Phoebe. Um, think for example, like, you know, of the finest violins. If, if, if someone plays a Stradivarius or think about a fine Steinway piano versus a Kawaii or a Yamaha, every single instrument is one of a kind. Yes, there's a certain technical framework that's followed, but it's what I like to share when I'm teaching that, you know, and and as a singer, every single person has their own vocal fingerprint, right? We have our own alchemical signature. And so is it an energetic thing? Yes. Is it a timbre thing? Yes. You know, because every bowl, even if, you know, even if you would say, I have a C440, tuned to 440, that's music today, Right, and I have a C four forty rose quartz, or a C four forty amethyst, or a C four forty charcoal, or a C four forty citrine. All four of those bowls are going to sound different. It just because when we go and talk about a violin or a piano, um, the wood is different. The wood has a different story behind it. The crystal, they're not made in a in a factory, you know. So every every single one is is really unique, and I think that's important. That we understand that we as human instruments, every single one of us is unique. And our, I feel you know, that part of our purpose here is to discover what is, what is my unique vibrational signature? What am I here to do? What is this instrument? All my cells and you know, my color hair, my color eye, just everything, everything about us. And it's, it's truly the same with the bowls. No two bowls sound the same. Yeah, and it's no two so people cool. are the
0: same, like you were saying. It's nope. this unique vibrational uh, imprint that we have that's completely different to anybody, even, you know, identical twins, there's always going to be a slight difference between the two of them. And as you said, you know, you could get two trees that were absolutely identical that had grown up right next to us in the same forest and or right next to each other in the same forest, but you'd chop them down, there might be a slight difference that then exactly goes into the making of the violin, for example, or... Uh, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful analogy. Thank you, Geraldine. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah.
1: And then the, the second thing is that what I've discovered, I've been playing them over 16 years now, what I've discovered is that even if I take the same set, it never sounds the same. And I never play it the same. You know, and I started my career on Broadway, I did 456 performances of My Fair Lady with Rex Harrison. I was the youngest in the cast. And I learned, you know, you learn a technique, and of course you have to be professional and repeat what your your dance moves and your songs, etc. But you have to make it new every time. It's up to us. You can never do anything by rote. And music, again, is really something of the heart you know that well. It, it it's It's a heart and soul activity, right? And so I think our biggest maybe it's not a challenge but our biggest responsibility is to learn to be absolutely present so that i can give and receive the impulses in that moment because the same orchestra will never play the same the same set of bowls will never sound exactly the same and that's the beauty of it of that music can call us to a kind of presence and when we're in that presence so much can happen So much transformation, healing, release, new beginnings, so much can happen if we allow ourselves to be called to that kind of presence and really hear the individual songs of the bulls themselves. Yeah and yeah. and the audience as well too
0: you know adding the audience into yeah. it as well too once you throw that into it you're responding to their energy as well too and and a different audience on a different night will bring out a different performance or a different um experience in the performer as well too or the person that's 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 playing the bowls or singing the song or playing violin in the orchestra it's uh yeah it's it's this magic coming together and i guess that's as well why you know, great musicians become great, or great, you know, healers, sound healers become great at what they do because they are actually responding to those things rather than just doing it by rote and going, okay, now I do this and then I do this, and it's. Um, but even still, I guess there would still be an impact within there
1: of the people around them. And it's so it's so interesting how how that works. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking of certain times where a particular bowl sounded screechy you know because there was somebody in the space that had some kind of um blockage in their energetic system or blockage in their physical body and it's not for me to know what that is but it's for me to hear that whoa the bowl is sounding like "Ah." you know and there are times when i was working on my own grief where the bowl sounded like nails on a chalkboard until i began to understand my my that sound is reflecting my own pain you know, and so the sound can really be, um, again, back to your first question, sound is also resonance and sympathetic resonance, you know, so sound can go in those places where we have had blockages, woundings, traumas, um, where our energies did a go around, and the sound can go in and infuse itself in there and open up space again. I mean, there's just, (laughs) there's so much to say about about this way of working and about the crystal bowls themselves. And I think for those who have never heard them, um, because our bodies are quartz-like in structure, our cells are quartz-like in structure, our bones uh, in in our very blood are are crystals. Um, So we can receive that kind of sound easier than the metal bowls. And I still love the metal bowls, but they're a whole different thing. There's Mm -hmm. something very subtle um, and very... We can absorb it quite easily, the sound of the pure crystalline alchemy singing bowls.
0: Absolutely. I know from personal experience when I've been doing, um, there was a period where I'd done so many sound baths in a row and I was feeling just completely drained. I'd given so much. And I went to a yoga class where a teacher, all she did was play a little bit of a quartz bowl at the end of it but it literally i felt like i was a dry sponge that had just been put in water and i was just soaking it was it was profound like it was only a few minutes of it that she played but it was enough that it just went straight into me and i straight away called called my friend who's another sound healer and said i need a session i need a one on one session i'm desperate but it is amazing just how easily just
1: immediate just you soak it up yeah it's it's um it's like the first experience I described, right? It was just like, bong, you know, um, that the sound just went right through me. It's something that everyone I've had, medical doctors in here, um, just people who kind of would say, well, okay, Gerald, this is a little bit woo-woo for me. Mm-hmm. And they hear the bowls and they start to cry. And it's like, hey, can you explain? I'm thinking there was one young man that was at a sound bath. I was I, I playing in Asia and um, he was from South Africa. He was a computer scientist, high position at IBM. And he was like, what kind of voodoo did you do? He said, you know, (laughs) my mind was completely still. He said, but I wasn't asleep. What happened? And it's that kind of thing that the crystalline sound, especially, I mean, great music does it, but there's something, and I've, I've been in that field my whole life. There is something about the crystal bowls that it gives your mind something to focus on that you go, oh, music. And then in that moment, your mind is completely stilled and you drop into your body, you drop into your belly, you drop into your soul. I mean, it's different for everybody, but when people have that kind of reaction, like, you know, very um, highly intelligent people that don't want to necessarily go easily in their heart and suddenly they've landed in their heart or they have an experience of their soul, it's, it's, it's that, that the sound just stills that thinking mind. There's something about it that brings the mind into a focus, and bingo, you're, you land in your authentic self. And I, I see with myself and with my students and um, clients that people become more and more connected to the truth of who they are. Because the sound does something that, as I said earlier, because of the crystal nature of it, um, it's up-leveling us at our very cellular level. And we, we're doing research and lots of stuff over here at the Sacred Science of Sound, but when you, when you look through a cymoscope, for example, so there, uh, one dear friend and colleague, John Stuart reed mm-hmm. in, in England, is, has created this cymoscope instrument. And we've uh, done a number of tests with the crystal bowls, and you can see that like, it looks like this incredible perfect shape of sacred geometry, like a perfect snowflake. And then you think about that those shapes are happening in the fluid of our bodies. And if we think that our bodies are approximately 70% fluid, 70% water, and those shapes that the sinuscope shows are being activated within our system, no wonder it brings a state of deep harmony and deep peace. Um, people have deep releases. Um, wow, there's just, <laughs> it's, it's very exciting. You know, the instruments, again, are modern. They've they've only been around now about 23 years, the alchemy. And so there's so much to explore, although we, we know that sound is, is an ancient medicine and that people of every culture used sound and music to uplift themselves and to chase away the bad spirits and et cetera, et cetera, right? But um, they're really a tool for this modern world. Yeah. That's, very, very much.
0: That is a really beautiful way of summing it up. It is It's a modern tool. It's using... Old techniques and old principles in an incredibly modern way um, for uh, modern problems, which is this this life that we live with our screens, as wonderful as they are. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to see your gorgeous face. But um, all of this stuff that's around us—that's the thing. These uh, these incredibly powerful modern tools for these these incredibly, you know, destructive modern
1: modern problems that we have. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a great joy for me to support musical artists, you know, because then you add the human voice to it. And there's something about the crystal and the human voice that just really resonates beautifully, one with another. And, um, yeah, there's, there's so much possible, I think. So I'm working with John v. Harrison, who's a mantra singer, um, with Janae Aiko, and to, to hear what they do Creatively with the bowls and with their voices is just—it's astounding, and it's astounding the power that then comes into the music. Uh, we've done a few albums with voice and music um, with the jazz trio I've worked with, Victor Wooten, who's a great, incredible bass player, and we've done bass and bowls. So it's—it's it's really nice to, as a musician, to start to bring those more and more into all different styles of music. I've recorded a couple arias with string orchestra and the bowls, you know, so this big classical voice and the bowls holding space. Um, again, music is the language that connects us all, no matter what race, religion, culture, language, um, anything, you know. And so all styles of music can hold having the bowls in them. And that part for me is is great, great fun to mm. see how that, how individual that becomes.
0: That's beautiful. Actually, on the voice as well too. Obviously, the healing power of the voice is incredibly, um, well, incredibly powerful, you know. Um, How would you speak to that in terms of your own voice and and how you found using your own voice um, in more of a healing modality?
1: Me personally, I mean, music and singing has always been something that just quickened me, just brought me right to my core Um, And there's nothing more beautiful than being this human instrument, which we all are. You know, many people will say, oh, I can't sing. And I've been told, you know, (laughs) don't sing. But I would encourage everybody because everybody can hum. And, you know, once you start to feel your own heart, to feel your belly and just mm, whatever sound is comfortable, you know, for you. I think that the human voice is it's our essence and. Me personally, I can't imagine a life without being able to sing. It brings so much joy. It, it's a way of when it, it goes beyond what we can express in words. It goes beyond this human touch. And I'll always say that singing especially, it, it takes me into that realm of the sublime. It's just there's no words for it when you land there. Mm. So I would highly encourage everybody to discover what is their human instrument? What is their vibrational signature? As we talked earlier, it's it's very personal for everybody, and just to have the courage to hum, uh, to sing songs you love under the shower, to move your body. Singing is the most natural. It's the most natural expression, and it's a shame that many people get that gets blocked or shut off when they're young because they're told they can't do it, and you know then you have issues with your throat chakra and expressing yourself in the world. And I'd say one of the things that I I love to do a lot is just, you know, put your fingers at your jaw joint and just yawn. And you feel your jaw joint unhinge. And in that moment when you're yawning, you can feel this whole channel moving from your throat down. I can from my throat down through my pelvis and out uh, my down my legs and out my feet, Mm -hmm. you know, so to just, Ah, and just to experiment with your own ah, just experiment with letting your own sound really have a space and a place that's sacred and that's intimate for you to vibrate your your sound. You know, it's sound. You know, we talk about we're in sound health. Um, Sound is crucial to. Being a human being, I think. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree with you.
0: And it is such a pity, isn't it? You touched on the, you know, being told that you can't sing when you're young. Um, And it's such a pity. I've got a my daughter is five and a half years old and she sings the whole time. I mean, it helps that she's surrounded by music at home, but she's constantly singing and I'm constantly encouraging her. And you just think so many other children are exactly the same, but then there's this point at which suddenly, you know, they just stop for that exact reason because they're self-conscious or they think, oh, I can't sing. Someone told me, you know, you can't sing. So you stop singing. And then it then becomes, singing becomes like a profession. I can't sing because I'm not good at it. It's like, yes, everybody can sing. Fair enough, don't go and try and ask someone to pay you money to do it. That's a whole different thing. But in terms of singing for your own benefit, you should absolutely
1: do it. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, just smiling. uh, Just agreed. You know, it's it's such a natural, I'm just thinking, I've been reflecting. I'm writing a book uh, with Hay House. Uh, it'll, the, the, we have a card deck, a, an alchemy, a, a, a crystal sound healing oracle deck that's coming out in May, and um, it'll be in Australia through through Amazing. Hay House. And um, it just it made me, and writing the book, which will release at the end of this year, made me reflect a lot about just a life and music and how after performances. I would be so critical, like that note could have been better, that phrase could have been better, that could have been better. And just the ways in which we self-criticize and self-sabotage and how important it is for all of us to be kind and loving. And as my singing teacher used to say to me, take the question mark off your back. Like if you create space for yourself and give yourself permission to express, you become more and more and more natural, more and more the truth of who you are. And I think this is so important because we're, we're so quick to judge ourselves. And as you said, you know, then to say, oh, well, okay, it's not good enough. But this natural expression of the human voice, is it's a gift that everyone has, you know, and it's important that we express that. And when there's shaming that's done around it, it's important to unwind that and to find that space where as I said earlier, when you when you yawn and you feel that connection from your throat down out the soles of your feet, that you just feel there's permission and there's space for me to, you know, sing my song, whatever that may be.
0: I understand only recently, actually, that um, what brought you to the bowls in a full-time basis, I guess, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was a... Um, just unimaginable tragedy um, that happened to you and your family. Oh, beautiful. I'm looking at the photo of a beautiful, smiling, happy man, young man with a big smile, similar smile to the one I'm looking at in person that's moving and smiling in front of me. Um, Would you mind walking us through this and maybe how the instruments, I know you touched on it briefly before, but how those instruments, um, beautiful instruments behind you helped you through, uh, through
1: your grief and through... What no doubt is still going. Yeah, so it's coming up on March 27th. It'll be eight years since my 19-year-old son passed. And, you know, we never know what's in store in our lives. We have our dreams and we have our visions and, you know, life unfolds as it's supposed to unfold. And so as I look back and thread the threads together, or let's say, weave the pieces of my life together, which I'm, I'm doing a lot of now for the book, I mean, a lot of reflection of, you know, why was, why did this happen? Why did that, why was I there? Why this job? Why this friendship, Etc. And everything makes, it really does make perfect sense. And so if I begin by sharing that my son Dylan, which means born of the sea, and he was named so because um when I was pregnant, five months pregnant, we went uh, swimming with wild dolphins, and mm. there was a beautiful pot of dolphins that just kept swimming around my my nice belly where he was growing and so I that was what he was called that's his name Dylan and Dylan Sage is his middle name and i when I was living in Germany at the time singing all over Europe and um. I started a kids foundation. I felt just like what we're talking about now. I felt really strongly that it was important to bring young people together through this language of music. So we had kids from all different countries. Um, the language there, of course, was German, but we spoke in French and English and Italian or whatever, depending what what uh, country the children were from. And we built these uh, original musical theater productions. So for example, the uh, if a child, one child was excellent at the harp, one played the saxophone, one played the flute, one was a great tap dancer. So we would build these original shows around the kids' unique talents. And if they didn't think they had a talent, we found what it was, you know. So every child was was featured. And I watched these children year after year, you know, and their new children in the foundation every year, um, grow together as a family. And that, again, that heartbeat the thing that held them together was this unifying force of music and then the money we raised which was about thirty thousand euros every year went to music therapy so that kids in germany that had either lost a parent or there was an illness in the family or whatever got very easy uh music therapy um there was a lot of things that we did with the foundation which were really really wonderful kids for kids world foundation it was called um and then we worked together with uh, tabaluga which was a children's organization that offered uh equine therapy, and music therapy. So every year we'd work together with them and, and donate instruments and finances, etc. So the kids in the productions would often enter a music contest in Germany called Jugendmusiziert. so making music in youth. And the year that my son entered it, he was 13, and he entered it in, in the area of musical theater. So he had to do a program with five songs and... Um, a choreography and a monologue, and he made it to the semifinals. And a week before his semifinal audition, he came in the room and he goes, "Mom, mom, mom, my voice!" <laughs> and we laughed. His voice started to change. And um, so, at that point, I had never guided i I had never guided a young man through a voice change. So I talked with colleagues, um, a tenor and a baritone professor of singing, and they said, "Yeah, just." Here's a couple of tips and you go easy and, you know, see, it's different with everybody. The larynx in, in Young Man is growing five times as big. It's, it's expanding rapidly, which makes the voice creak and, and jump and all that stuff. So um, Dylan made it to the semifinals of that contest. And a week before the semifinals, the voice started to change. So we played the Bulls. So I had a set of seven bowls at the time, and I had had them since he was just about eight years old. And he would always say to me, "Mommy, bring me, bring me to bed with my with my sound blanket." So he knew those bowls inside out. And we worked every day. He picked one particular bowl. So interesting now, because at that time I didn't really understand it—not like I do now. It was a G bowl. So G is for the throat chakra, right? And it was citrine. Citrine is for personal power. It's for the solar plexus chakra. It's all about your self-esteem, your courage, and your confidence. That's the bowl he loved, and that's the bowl we worked with every day. And he got up a week later to sing his contest, and we had lowered all the keys, and he was very comfortable, and he said, my name is Dylan, and since one week, I'm no longer a soprano. And everybody laughed, and I watched him sail into his program, not knowing what his voice really would do, and that was the first time that I really saw, wait, what are these instruments capable of? I mean, here's this kid at the most vulnerable time in his you know, his youth, doesn't know what his voice is gonna do. And he stands up there and makes a joke and sails through his program. Yeah. So it was like, hmm. And then I had more of the students that would just start to cry, would move through blockages. They would choose a bowl, they would play with that bowl. And stuff was happening. But at that time, I was not trained in, in music therapy or was not doing sound healing at all. I just had them as instruments that I loved. So if we fast forward, Dylan was 13. When he was 19, he passed away. And after like five, I mean, th- there's so much to share, but on the night that he died, he started communicating with, with me through sound vibration So I took a walk down to the beach near where we live um, with my best friend who knew Dylan very well, lived in Germany also, and knew him since he was a young boy. And we saw this huge shooting star that seemed to pass over the the house where I grew up and where Dylan had lived with me uh, across the L.A. basin and land in the mountains behind L.A., and I could hear his voice. It was like I could hear this whoosh. I could hear the shooting star, and it's bizarre because... I grew up in LA and the city's so bright. I've never seen a shooting star in the city. I mean, up in the mountains, but not here, Mark, you know, in the mountain mountains, not here in Los Angeles. And um, there was his voice, mom, mom, mom. It's like you always said, it's like we always talked about, I'm home, I'm with God. And it was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, you're, you're so in shock because... A, you never dream you're going to get that call as a parent, you know, or if you've ever dared to think about it, it's always Mm -hmm. just like a, no, not in my life, you know, and you're in such shock because you're here one moment and then we're gone the next. It's that, you know, death is final. It's final in that physical form. And there he was communicating with me through sound vibration. And it was like, this is and, and it went on, it just, it went on and on and on. Um, and it's got on till it, it's today. And so five months in, he just started, bong, bong, bong. Mom, call the bull dudes, we're gonna do sound healing. And I'm like, what? And we would have these kind of conversations. We would talk back and forth to each other. And I said, I'm grieving you, leave me alone. And it was like knock knock knock. I was sitting in the kitchen at the kitchen table. I'll never forget. Call the Bull Dudes. We're gonna do sound healing. <laughs> I'm like oh god, because he he was so funny and he was six foot three and two hundred thirty pounds. He was big. He was strong and he was very smart and very funny. And he knocked for three days. Call the Bull Dudes. And I finally got on the phone and called Crystal Tones and talked with one of the owners and just said, this is what happened, I lost my son and I'm a musician and he's telling me that, you know, we're gonna do sound healing. I said, I have a set of seven bowls that I got many years ago and that's how it began and that was 2015. And I picked out bowls from the beginning. I I see I still at this point wasn't that into like what notes go with what chakras, what do these notes meet, et cetera. I wasn't into that at all. I picked out the, the bowls that I ordered. I ordered 11 bowls um, by alchemy because I thought, what could possibly connect me to Dylan? I chose selenite, which is grounded white light. I chose celestite, connection to the celestial realm. I chose charcoal for clearing and cleansing the grief. I chose ruby for transformation. I chose rose quartz for the heart. And when those 11 bowls came... I started to play the Selenite first, and it sounded like nails on a chalkboard. It was the most excruciating, ugly sound. I I was like, what have I done? And only later, as I said, did I realize that that was, it was reflecting my own grief, that it was the vibrations of my own grief, but I'll never forget that first playing with the bulls when they arrived. there was like a misty white substance in the room with me, and he was guiding me what to do. Because, again, I'd only played them as instruments, and we'd had fun with them, but it wasn't like... I wasn't giving sound baths. I, wasn't, it, I just loved them for myself and my students. But now came something so different. Um, and I played, and I played, and I started making sounds that I could not make in therapy I was in grief therapy six hours a week trying to figure out what in the God's name had happened and how could I ever go on with my life. And, you know, Dylan is my only child. And um, so suddenly things were coming out of me, groaning, keening, moaning, screaming, uh, that I couldn't express in words. So when I say that sound has the ability to go even beyond where words go, we have the ability with sound to express the what, what I deemed at that point in my life was inexpressible was that grief, like it was too big to be expressed. But there it was being held in the sacredness of those instruments. I was making sounds, and then I got up to go wash my face and go to the bathroom, and I saw that there was light in my eyes. I'll never forget that moment. It was like, what happened? There is light in your eyes. And I hadn't seen the light really in five months. So that was the beginning of, okay, I mean, I'm not saying it was easy, and I'm not saying it was fast, because it wasn't. But it was the beginning of a, an understanding that there is a much bigger purpose in all of our lives than we can think about. I mean, you can't fathom. How do I say it to you? Like, To understand that Dylan and I had a soul contract, and I'll tease with him now and I'll go, I don't ever remember agreeing to that. And I didn't sign that soul contract, Sonny, so don't don't tell me that. But it's like, Mom, we have a soul contract. I go before you. We create a bridge, heaven and earth, and sound is the way it's like, don't tell me that, son, like, really? Like, I mean, like, really? You know, and it's like to understand now, going on eight years later, I get it. And I get what kind of love that is. And I get that we all have a purpose bigger than what we might imagine. And when we tune into that, and I don't mean in any way that you have to lose your child, God forbid that for anybody, you know, but when we suffer with illnesses or lose a parent or whatever in our lives, the things that we think are insurmountable, there is a bigger purpose and a bigger strength that we're that's grounding within us. And I came to learn that I had to accept that this was how our relationship was going to be. And thank God that I had sound and music as a vehicle to hear him to express and he he you know he loved singing he played the piano he was a great piano player and so music was always that thing that connected us and it 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 still does and so for anybody going through anything in your life i can just say that sound and especially when it's played with a certain kind of um structure you know, it's not just sound baths are not just about bing bong bing bong bing. It's not just about making. There's a certain structure and a science behind at least what what I'm doing here, um, that holds you so steady, so that you have the intimacy and the sacredness to go into places inside yourself where you just think, I, I I'm not going there. Sorry, it's too painful. And then suddenly you've landed in there, and you're breathing, and you're feeling, and Things begin to transform. They begin to release, and you begin to up level, and you begin to heal, and you begin to find bigger a bigger reason why, you know. That's beyond the physical pain of loss, or beyond, um, you know, this is how life's supposed to be. Because I just knew if I can't, it, if I can't move through this, like. I went to grief groups where the parents had lost their children 35 years ago, Phoebe, and they were still grieving them. And it's like, I I can't bear that. If I have to be in that kind of pain the rest of my life, God take me now. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I can't do that. And to recognize that sound can be that thing, it really can be a medicine. And that's what it's been for me. It's been a medicine. Is it easy? No. Does grief go away? Yes and no. Is there always joy? Yes. Is there sadness? Yes. Does music hold me in this vibration of love? Oh, yes. And does that love transcend everything? Oh, yes.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that incredibly personal story. Um, And the way that you were able to move through it, or continue to move through it, because, as not that I could imagine, because I just can't possibly imagine, but um, that that the 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 grieving process is something that will continue forever. You, you know, it's something, but it is just so beautiful that you have these incredible tools to actually help you through it, and then to help others through it is just so incredibly beautiful. So thank you for for all that you do and all that you're able to share. Sound
1: is a medicine that, as I lay in my bed and thought, if I don't do something, I will never get out of this bed. So what are you gonna do? I mean, I fought with myself, Gerilyn, what are you gonna do? And Mm -hmm. I decided to reach out to uh, the cancer support community. And it's a it's a non-profit that helps um, cancer patients and their families deal with that. And I had never led a meditation. As I said, the bowls were instruments for me. They were just something that were so exquisitely beautiful. But I learned how to lead meditations. I learned how to put sets of bowls together. Um, and eventually the bowls grew and grew in my life. And... Um, It was incredible to sit with people in, you know, challenges, intense challenges, whether it's, you know, a couple that have been together 40 years and finally gone in retirement and then one of them got cancer and and then what, right? So to sit in challenges that we all have in, in our lives and know that there is something that can comfort us and maybe it doesn't change the fact but it enables us to live with what our destiny is, you know, with what, what has been given to us. What, yeah, and and to share with that group of people first and to feel like um, in community because we were all suffering in some way um, was just such a beautiful thing. And going back to at the end of those meditations there was always nothing but love in the room. And so it, it, back to, again, um, your original question, sound and healing sound is love. Music is love. And there was always a quote that I loved from Sidney Lanier, music is love in search of a word. It's There's something about this um, vibration for me that comes from the bowls that just connects us heart to heart everything else washes away and there's something about the crystal that just clears cleans protects uplifts um, revitalizes regenerates rejuvenates all these kind of words that helps to bring a wholeness now does that mean dylan's coming back no does that mean if i've been given a a diagnosis of cancer and it's you know eventually going to take me out is that going to change no it won't but how i live with it really really changes and this puts us back into the the seat of the creator it puts us back into i mean you understand that so well that we we are the creator and we're not a victim you know i could have lived the rest of my life just going god you know a victim to um loss of a child but no it it puts us back in this seat of empowerment, where we really say, yeah, who are I, who am I, who are you? I'm looking at you and going, who are I? I like who (laughs) Who are I. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Who am I? You know, and then where do we meet? And how, again, is sound, especially healing sound with intention and with integrity and with love infused in it, how does that change lives? How did it change my life? How is it changing your life? How does it change the life of your daughter? You know, and it does. It absolutely does. And I think does. this is important for everybody to know. And it's not that it's only the bowls that, that does that, but they are very, very unique instruments. That I will say, they're just they're, And every single one is one of a kind. Something I heard—it
0: um, was an interview that you did, or something that I read ages ago. I <clears throat> heard you talking about going into a recording studio and recording the Alchemy Bowls, and how pure the tone was, and how the recording engineers couldn't get over how how incredibly pure that tone was. I certainly find that when I record them myself, the the sound wave is just—it's like almost like a needle. It's just right there. Um, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it was when we were recording the Vibrant album. So that was an album I did. I um, think the second one after Dylan passed. The first one was Forever Love. That was more a classic album, and this one was with Lawrence Hobgood, um, a Grammy Award winning jazz jazz pianist. And we were recording the bowls, and there's I always forget what it's called, but it's the image on the on the recording on the in the sound studio on the deck where you can see uh, the shapes of the sounds. And everything was a perfect, either a cylinder, um, a circle, a sphere, like it was all perfect sacred geometry. And the engineer called the other engineers, it's a big studio, called the other engineers, and they were all like with their mouths hanging open. What? They had never seen anything like with the crystal bowls. And we were playing, I had the bowls set up on a, actually on a grand piano in the, in the recording studio, mm. um, playing one at a time and then sometimes in um, in smaller groups as we were recording them for the album. But they were blown away. And I asked them, like, well, what does it usually look like? And they said, snow. It's just, it's it looks like chaos. And we were doing a really interesting experiment. I was recording some things for for John Stuart Reed for the Sinoscope. And uh, on my recording engineer's computer, he has also that that son- sonograph or whatever it's called. Sorry, I, I don't remember what the name of it's called. Mm-hmm. And I was doing two F bowls. Okay, so technically F is the note of the heart. And I was making a binaural beat. So one was slightly, was 432 hertz and the other was 528 hertz. So when you put the two Fs together, they make this kind of gentle rub, what I call shimmering sound. They made a heart shape on the screen. (laughs) Wow. And we both went, what? I mean, so that I've never seen. So I, I don't know. That's why we're exploring and uh, really doing as much research as we can because the sounds are so pure. And again, like I said with the sinuscope, like if you think about that we're 70% water and those perfect shapes are being created in the fluids of our bodies, they're doing something. And even Janae told me when she was recording, Janae Eiko, when she was recording her album, the Chilombo album, that they discovered the same thing, and the engineers were like bah. like really no one's uh, had ever seen an instrument that was that pure and made these sacred geometrical shapes
0: yeah it's it's incredible, isn't it? i I remember hearing an interview years ago with John Stuart Reid um talking about how he went into the um pyramid and was playing and, the, and getting the um uh, hieroglyph shapes out of the the sounds. Sure. It's, um yeah. yeah, I'll try and find the interview actually and post it in the show notes. It's an incredible interview Um and how the, yeah, the, incredible. the Egyptian host that he had with him who was sort of looking at him like he was crazy at first and he was looking at him going, oh, my God, I can't believe what is this magic? You know, there's so much that we don't know. We're just learning little bits here and there, but there's still just so much we don't know. And it's almost like a bit of a surrender, isn't it? Like it's that surrender going, we don't know everything, we can't know everything and just surrendering to the power of it and going, it does have this immense power.
1: Phoebe, I think it's really what, you know, and I knew knew that from music. Like I knew that from especially great pieces, but it doesn't matter what style, but great pieces of music. When you come to the rests, when you come to the silence in the music, there's so much poignancy that's made from the spaces in between, you know? So whether we're moving and we're dancing and, you know, depending what rhythm we're in or whether you're listening to a great piece of classical music um, or a standard, that's just a fantastic piece of music. And then you, you feel the silences where the rests are. Mm. There's so much contained in that. And I don't know, it's, it's always the space of where there's silence, there's sound, where there's sound and there's also silence and, It takes us into the place of truly of the unknown, whether you want to name it the quantum or the cosmos or, you know, without getting too woo-woo about it, music lands us in the place of the ineffable. I just, I'll say it again and again, because there's no words where we can go. And to think that, you know, there's this relationship with Dylan through vibration. You know, my sisters will say to me, I mean, you're blessed. You're so lucky. Or people will say to me, why don't you let him go? Like, let him go where he's supposed to go, and it's like, you don't get it. It's not like I'm not holding him here. We just have this communication through vibration. Amazing. I don't know, yes, I mean, it's a a gift for sure. Um, But when we can tune into that and allow that place of mystery or however you wanna name it, that's where music takes us. That's where sound takes us. It's beyond all thinking mind, you know? And what a
0: beautiful, beautiful way to to sort of come to the last the last thing that I just wanted to ask you before we wrap up being just, you know, um, if you want to give us some information about everything that you've got coming up, you mentioned the Oracle Cards, um, which you said were coming out in May, is it? And your book, of course, as well too. Is there anything else that you've got coming up? You've got your courses I know as well and
1: yeah thank you for asking. yeah, i I, I do train. So we do thirty two hour intensive trainings, and um, maybe you can feel how, how intense I get about it, but it's just it's such an incredibly powerful genre. you know, and we'll work in the trainings. There's two trainings coming up coming up in April, and then some advanced trainings in um, June. I'll be doing a live event at Omega Institute in New York. Now we're finally coming back out into the live and I'm going to start playing live sound baths here in Los Angeles uh, this month. Um, Working on two new album projects. One, I'm super, I'm both, I'm super, super excited about that will come out towards the end of the year with the book. Um, And the cool thing about the card deck is that um, we got inspired to put QR codes on the, Oracle deck. So it's the first of its kind that you put your phone on the QR code on the top of the card and leads you to the sound bite. so that wow. it's a real interactive deck where you hear the bowls. And, uh, yeah, I'm we're working on uh, an app that's coming out actually very, very soon the app of the sacred science of sound is called source and John Stewart Reed is on it. So we have, you know, Dylan would say to me, mom, we've got to bridge these worlds. You know, we've got to bridge the world of science and spirituality and music and sound vibration. What is that? What's the healing power of music and how can it be available to everyone of every culture, of every language, of every age range? So there's uh, a little child on there that leads a meditation. Uh, There's John on there. There's Jonathan Goldman, who's a pioneer in sound healing. Dr. Sue Marder, pioneer in bioenergetics. Eileen McCusick, pioneer in tuning forks. And then lots of different uh, sound healing things on the app. And that hopefully will be out in, in the spring very soon. Um, sounds, and it's called Source. That sounds incredible. So I'm, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I feel um, there's a lot of guidance from my big angel, you know, of mom, you know, there's a lot we can do. We can There's a lot we can bridge through music and sound and sound healing and science and there's... There are so many ways that we can connect human beings because it's really up to us to go beyond the politics and beyond, you know, the bigger things that separate us and come back to the love. That's that's it. Mm -hmm. And how do we walk as that love? How do we live as that love? You know, how do we do it? There's so many things that trigger us. There's so many things that are incredibly upsetting, incredibly upsetting. How do we keep coming back to that? And for me, that's that's what you asked me as the first question. It's sound. It's sound medicine. It's music medicine. It's that's what brings wholeness. That's what heals in
0: my experience. Wow, Geraldine, thank you so, thank you. so, so, so much. I couldn't think of a more beautiful way to wrap. Wrap up our time together and thank you so much for the gift of sharing your wisdom, not only with myself but with everyone listening. It's been an absolute honor to speak to you and to hear your story and um, so many little nuggets of wisdom. And I'm actually I'm so super excited that you're back to doing sound baths because I'm actually heading to LA in September. Yes, yeah, so I've just done an album with a LA-based musician called Marine Eyes. She and I did this beautiful uh, cross um country we've never actually met before so I'm heading over we've also got friends in um in Mammoth Mammoth Lakes, so we're actually going to be heading over for a three-week road trip around California in September so okay I will keep an eye on the dates and um definitely pop in but we'll be spending three or four days in in LA before heading out to Disneyland of course so (laughs)
1: All right, let's make sure that we meet. I would
0: love to. I would yeah. absolutely love to. So, yeah, thank you so much. And thank you most of all for all that you do. You're an, as I mentioned in the intro, you're an absolute shining light. And um, the world is very grateful to have you in it. So, thank you.
1: I almost left, but it was like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, thank you. I don't you. think so. That's not your destiny. So,
0: and where? Yeah, thanks we- for what you're doing. Where can we find mm-hmm. you? Where can people find you as the main portal? Crystal Cadence
1: website? Crystal Cadence website. Mm-hmm. Geraldine Glass too. But Crystal Cadence is all about the bowls and how you work or train with me or um, how you purchase bowls if that's what you want to do. Um, the classes. Yeah. So that's the main web. the music is all on Crystal Cadence, and then there is a Sacred Science Sound website and Geraldine Glass website and then our our social media is Crystal Cadence LA. Then we have a YouTube channel with lots of uh lots of free meditations, which is something Dylan said, Mom, we gotta make this available to people anywhere in the world that have internet. So there's the YouTube channel Crystal Cadence has uh a huge library now of free meditations and music and songs.
0: Thank you so much, geraldine Thank you so so much for Thanks for agreeing you. to be interviewed. And um yeah, again, thank you for all that you do.
1: Ditto ditto ditto, Phoebe. I look forward to meeting you.
0: I do hope you enjoyed that episode and my chat with Geraldine Glass and her incredibly personal take on the power of sound and how it allowed her to work through her grief in the face of unimaginable tragedy. As per usual, if you enjoyed the episode, please share it with friends, family, and don't forget to rate it on whatever platform you're using. And I'm not seeking financial gain for this podcast, but if you do feel like directing your appreciation somewhere, Geraldine has chosen that any donations be directed to Minerva University in San Francisco, who are creating a music health and wellness lab headed by the New York Times best-selling author, Dr. Daniel J. LeViton. You can donate to the cause via EFT or check and I'll add the details to the show notes. I'm going to leave you with a short sound bath which Geraldine has gifted us. If you can, take time out to close your eyes and go deep but if not, just allow these beautiful sounds of the alchemy crystal balls to wash over you. And I hope to see you next week when we chat to someone who has a very different take on sound and vibration. Until then, keep your ears and hearts open.